Welcome to the Money BS Podcast, where I'm on a mission to get rid of the unhelpful thoughts we've been taught about money. I'm your host, Master Certified Mindset Coach, Belinda Smith. I help my clients make their first dollar and their first million dollars. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Hey, y'all. What is good? It would seem that we're already on episode six. This is um, a lot, (laughs) considering that I'm afraid of commitment. No, I'm just kidding. Um, How are you? So I want to tell you about this that just came up on Facebook memories, which is just (laughs) totally cracking me up. Um, I can't help. I have to tell you. So this does go along with how I got over myself. So, um, all right. I used to work a couple weeks out of the summer for Humanities Tennessee. And I would go to different locations, stay for a week with kids, and I would teach them lyric writing. And we, you know, we stayed at this particular one. It was uh, the Appalachian Young Writers Workshop. And we stayed at, we stayed on campus at a college in East Tennessee. And I kept, every time I would like leave and come back, I'd noticed that there was a sign out front that said um, water or yeah, water yoga, water yoga. And it was like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or something. And I thought that sounds really interesting to me. So it's super hot, you know, on this particular campus, there's like one tree, they're not allowed to have trees or something miserably hot. And I thought, you know, that would be really good for my head because I am living and um, being with young people all the time. And so maybe this would just give me a moment to calm down. So there's not a whole lot in that area. So I went to Walmart and I bought a really cheap bathing suit and I got a cover and took a towel and I plopped up to the sports center already <laughs> already for water yoga. I have no idea how this is going to happen, but I was there. So I walk in and you could kind of see like a gym floor and there were all of these women in bathing suits just doing all of this yoga pose beside like lovely, lovely placed candles. Like they were sort of stretching out before yoga in their bathing suits. And <laughs> so I look at the girl and I'm like, um... So I'm here for the uh, water yoga. She's like, oh, yeah, we're actually doing that in the gym tonight. Okay, y'all, what what is missing in the gym from this entire experience, right? That would be the water. Like The entire purpose of water yoga, in my opinion, was the water. So <laughs> I was like, wait, we're doing water yoga in the gym. And she's like, yeah. And I was like... Okay. Um, so that's the number one thing that was not going to happen in my life that day. And (laughs) that goes along. Like, seriously, I'm not rolling around on a gym floor in a Walmart bathing suit that's ill fit. And, um, I was just like, ready. Let's just, I mean, not that there's, if you do a Walmart bathing suit, that's on you. I just was not, it was, let's just say it was not appropriate for rolling around on the gym floor. Anyway, (laughs) 
I know the, the stuff I get into. So uh, yeah, thanks for indulging me that story. I did want it forever recorded on the podcast. Today, I want to talk about actually how I got over myself. And there's going to be a lot of talk about this particular thing, but I think now is a good time to go ahead and get through it. So you have a little bit of background. There's a lot of stuff in my life that make me who I am. But this is one of those things, uh, especially if you don't know me. Actually, if you do know me, there's a lot of people who don't know this. And it's not on purpose, but let me explain it. So before I was born, while I was still in my mother's womb, I caught what they have determined or what they at that time determined was a virus. And this virus damaged the nervous system in my left leg and foot. So you can actually sort of trace a um, sort of like a nerve from my back all the way down my left foot or you know, or the back of my left leg. And so what this did is it left like what looks like cigarette burns all over my body. And with that, uh, one, one place was particularly deep on the back of my left leg. So you can trace the paralysis sort of up from there and then down from there. So the bottom of my leg um, is paralyzed on one side. My foot, I, I, I'm like one of those fun people that you can stick a pin in the foot and I can't feel it. So I mean, let's not do that. Let's not, let's, let's not actually make a game out of it. Cause I did do that when I was little. That's not, not probably not healthy. Um, but yeah, so many surgeries later, I have, I, I do identify as, with that as a disability. I mean, and overall that does make me a disabled person and my entire life. Okay. So growing up, and actually still have these, I had to wear a brace. And so things were different when I was little, y'all. I had a, I had metal bars up the side of my leg or up to my knee. And the metal, uh, there was like what they call a T strap. So the strap around my ankle, think of it as a T and you strapped it to the other side of the brace, like from the right, you strapped it to the left side of the brace to help support my ankle and hold it up. And then, of course, you can only wear like those you know, leather orthopedic shoes with it. So now when you're little and you're wearing saddle shoes with the brace, I mean, come on, you're adorbs. But oh my gosh, I just said adorbs. And I <laughs> let's say adorable and y'all please look the other way. And let's just have a, a a quick moment of silence in our head because I just said that out loud. Um, so with the, so you're little, you're wearing saddle shoes and you're, you have this brace. And then as you grow, you realize like you start to realize you're the different one. So I had to go from saddle shoes to brown leather shoes with a larger brace. And over time, what I learned, and, and I have, have had surgeries, I can wear normal shoes now, but what you learn over time is, what, and whether we like it or not, we live in a society that forms impressions about us based on the way we look. And when you're going through your formative years, I cannot even imagine what it would be like now. But when you're going through your formative years and there is something that different about you, you start to want to hide it. I did, at least at that time in my life, I wanted to hide it. And it wasn't as much, you know, looking back over the years, it wasn't as much hiding it for, for me because, you know, it's my foot. Like I, I don't know anything different, but I didn't want 
to stand out. I didn't want people to look at me and and them feel uncomfortable. It wasn't about me feeling comfortable as much as it was them because I knew that people would stare and then there'd be a whisper and then no one would ask, no one would talk. I was like, oh my gosh, I just would rather you ask about it. Luckily, I went to a very, very small school until I was in high school. So everyone knew me and it was all of that. Then I started having surgeries. I went to high school. Uh, it was still, it was still rough. And for me, I was just hiding so that no one felt uncomfortable. Did that uh, by the, when I was a senior, we finally had the final operation and I was able to wear uh, sort of normal shoes. Y'all, the only thing I wanted to wear were sneakers. And that time was tennis shoes. And even more specifically, Keds. Have you heard of that brand? K-E-D-S, Keds. Uh, That was like life goal. Life goals to wear kids, but I got to. So went on to college, and I kept on hiding. So what? When I talk about hiding, I'm talking about it could be 700 degrees outside, and I'm still the person wearing long pants. It can be 700 degrees, and I am wearing a, a skirt that that almost covers my feet, so that no one can see my legs. No one can see like that because, you know, one leg has to take more than the other leg. And so the calf on my right leg is just larger than the one on my left. So I've, I just had never worn a skirt that went to my knees. I had never really worn like shorts wasn't a thing unless I was only around people I knew. And so this this part of me, this part of not wanting to, to allow other people to be uncomfortable, and this part of me that just was so um, insistent upon accommodating others and making sure that no one else was uncomfortable, did indeed begin to sort of take over my life and take over my personal image of myself. You want to talk about like, negative feelings, <laughs> body negativity, uh, come sit at my table. And I remember so my brother was living in New York, and I believe it was the Upper East Side when he was in that particular apartment, because he had a 1000 in New York. And I went to uh, H&M. And that was when the store H&M like it wasn't as like cheap as it is now. Wait, was that an insult? I don't mean it didn't mean it to be an insult. It's just it's it's changed over the years. But this is when H and M was cool. It was only it may still be cool, but it was only in New York City. So you went to New York City, you felt like you were doing something great. And there was this skirt that was short. When I say short, like it went to my knee, and I loved it. I just thought it was so pretty, and I thought, oh well, I can't wear that because it's not long. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy that skirt. And I'm going to come out, I'm going to come out of my disabled closet. And I decided to put the skirt on and I was going to walk as far as I could in New York City. Because in New York City, you know, nothing is out of the ordinary, except I didn't know. I, I, and I figured, you know, like if... If cabs stopped to stare or if tour buses all stopped to take photos or if people started yelling, then I would officially know I was a freak. Like That was going to be my litmus test. What does New York City think about me? Bought the dress, went back, or the skirt, went back, put it on, 
and I walk out of my brother's apartment and I'm like, he's at work. So I'm just going to start walking. And the very first thing that happened is there was a homeless lady across the street and she started asking, or I, you know, I went across and she wanted money. Lord knows I didn't have money. I was going through enough lady. And I said, no. And so I kept walking <laughs> I'm not kidding. She started like she apparently she was watching me walk and she's like, hop along, hop along. I was like, well, okay, this is going well because I don't always limp, but sometimes uh, depending on what I'm, what shoe I'm wearing, it's not like a huge limp, but if you're really watching, you can tell, like, listen to me. I sound like I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Um, <laughs> I'm not a limper, but sometimes I I do ever so slightly. And so I was like, well, all right, this is not a good start to my coming out moment. Uh, and then I was like, well, I'm just going to keep going because obviously, you know, if you're homeless in New York, there's a lot more going on. I kept walking and I walked by Times Square, walked through no tourist buses stopped. No one looked. There may have been one guy who kind of looked down and went on. Like it wasn't even a stop stare. It was just, and I can't even guarantee that he was looking at my foot. But do you see how like one person can stop and look down, maybe at the sidewalk, maybe not. And I was, and I can still tell you all these years later that that's what happened. I can tell you so many specifics about that day. I remember walking past this guy who was, and and I'm not, I'm not making this up. If you've been to New York, you definitely know I'm not. He was wearing combat boots. This is a grown man, combat boots, a large diaper, and he had uh, lots of piercings, and he had the largest mohawk I have ever seen. Now see, and I may be honest, that's a guy that I had to take in. Like I had to look at him a bit just to take that in. But when a grown man is wearing a diaper, walking down the street with combat boots, like, wouldn't you? And, And he smiled, and it was pleasant, and we had a nice interaction. Like literally, I'm talking to a guy with a diaper and I'm like, oh, okay. Nobody cares. You know, it wasn't like, hey, what's wrong with your foot? There was nothing like, listen, y'all, nobody cares. And by the time I got down, listen, I walked. Listen, this was no joke. Upper East Side, I got almost down to Battery Park, which is where um, the Statue of Liberty is. Or no, it's not there, but you can see it from there. And I realized in all deep and profoundness that I just, it never occurred to me that really nobody cares. Nobody cares. And and if they did care by the time I got down there, it was so minuscule. And what I'd hidden from in my entire life was so pointless. And I, I knew at that time that that was a really big start of just getting over myself wasn't getting over other people. I wasn't starting to get over what other people thought necessarily, but I was getting over what I thought other people thought. Does that make sense? Like I was deciding what other people were thinking about me and therefore protecting them from thinking something about me. And then ultimately now, of course, we realize that I didn't want them to think anything bad about me. I didn't want to be other. I didn't choose to be other, and yet I was other. And so as I, 
you know, grow and as I build my business and as I'm, you know, just coaching my people and working with everyone, it's really important for me to remember that even though I am other, I'm not other. So just because I have this thing, it doesn't mean I'm not allowed to participate in the world like everybody else is. It, just because I feel this way or I grew up a certain way or, you know, I've never run a million dollar business, it doesn't mean that it's not available to me. And I don't have to protect anyone else's feelings because this is the way I am. It's more like, and you've heard that, heard me, or you will hear me say it if I haven't already, um, what you think of me is really none of my business. That's for, that's your thought. You can have it. What What I think of me is my business. And so when you spend your whole life trying to, trying to keep uh, trying to control what other people think of you. And then you realize one day that what other people think of you is just really none of your business. You empower other people to have their thoughts. And then you can kind of take a lot of your own personal ownership back and really start to look at you and what you have to offer and how you're going to do it. Y'all, it it's life changing. And so as we go forward and as we talk about really like what we can have and and what our thoughts can do and what we are allowed to choose to achieve if we want to go after a dream, if we do want to have more more money available, if we just want to hang out, just to be able to say this is who I am. I am um fearfully and wonderfully made and I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted to be able to put whatever it is that I'm supposed to put into the world. That's the goal, y'all. That's where we want to be. So today, I wanted to tell you like how I began to get over myself. And whatever you have, and I will tell you this, everybody has a thing. It may be on the outside. It may be on the inside. It may be both. <laughs> but everybody has a thing. And so... And it, this goes back to the water aerobic part. If I had not already had my um, New York um, getting over myself moment, I probably would have passed out on the floor when they said, like standing there in a bathing suit and like having to be barefoot and them telling me I was going to roll around on the floor in the gym. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all, I cannot even express to you how much that will never happen. I mean, if that would ever happen, you need to call the police and investigate because I'm being held hostage and I may take the gunshot before I would do it. I just need you to understand. So, <laughs> all right, listen, what I want to tell you today, and I mean it with all the love in the world, if you have questions, um, reach out, but it's time to get over yourself. Okay. Get over yourself. Let other people have their thoughts. You do you let them do them. All right. Um, as I tell you all the time, I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast. If you're inclined, please leave a review. It's always really helpful. But until next time, y'all get over yourself and behave. Hey, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I'd love it if you'd invite your friends to listen in. Remember, it's not about the money. It's about the mindset. If you could use some personalized support around this area of your life, I do have some limited number of openings and I'd love to talk to you and see if we're a fit. The link to book a chat is in the show notes. Also, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. 
y'all know that every star counts. All right, I'll see you next time.